The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Friday, August 7th. We have a super friend show, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and myself. We're going to break down the opt-out deadline. It's going to be a short show because we got a long mailbag show coming for you on Monday, and I in no way messed up my schedule and need to finish up quickly so I can get to something else. That definitely didn't happen. In the feed, check out our Make and Miss the Playoff episodes. Uh, we talked to Josh Edwards about teams who uh, made the playoffs that could fall back, and then Jared Dubin, teams who missed the playoffs and could jump up into the postseason. Let's die. Oh, first of all, how are you guys doing? Happy Friday. I'm sort of surprised that Breach hasn't opted out. He takes a vacation every other week, so I'm glad you're still here. here. Well, first of all, Wilson, it's called paternity leave. You have a baby. That's what happens. Uh, number two, I'm surprised that Sean didn't plan his exit better. Opt-out deadline. He could announce it today, say, hey, guys, I have some big news. I'm opting out. And uh, it would have been fitting, but Sean doesn't think like that. So no, Podcast. Yeah, but uh, go have a baby. Say his name. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave, say. Leave it out, Debo. All I'm right. I'm going to forget one of these. Uh, you know that well. What's that? <laughs> At some point, <laughs> I'm going to forget one of these bleeps. You've don't done forget. a, you have done a great job, though. I appreciate it. I don't want to say it a bunch and then have to. So d- what I think you, you have that. Soundboard now, I think we program a bleep in there so you can just program yourself bleeping. That's no, 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 no. We cannot give Will Brinson that power. No, 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 no. I'll just, I mean, I have the power. I can do it myself. I don't need. All right, God. Let's see you do it. Be like, <laughs> Star Wars is not that nerdy. No, Star Wars is not that nerdy. It's not. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen it. Everyone. This is what Breach was worried about. Exactly. No, I'll just play a bleep and then instead of his name, I won't bleep myself. Right, play a bleep. Let's see you do it. I, I don't have it programmed. I will get it in a second, jerk face. Um, so, look, the opt-out deadline was actually kind of uh, slow. 66 players in total are opting out, and the names who opted out on Thursday, Jets wide receiver Josh Doxson, Lucas Niang of the Chiefs, Brad Seaton of the Bucks, Rashawn Melvin of the Jaguars, important cornerback, and Malcolm Pridgen of the Browns. The biggest news that uh, popped up was that Tredavious White, the Bills' star cornerback, had decided has opted in to play. He was seriously considering opting out and had uh, tweeted on Thursday, 
It's, quote, crazy that me choosing my family's well-being over a game comes with so-called fans attacking and questioning me and saying I'm selfish. No, you guys are selfish for thinking that football is bigger than life. Oh, by the way, my girl's grandfather passed from COVID. You understand now? Um, it was insane. Why would anybody possibly consider criticizing Tredavious White for opting out of the season? This guy would be pushing back a contract, a massive contract, if he opted out of the 2020 season. And the fact that he has to explain himself on Twitter and say, oh, look, I also dealt with a tragedy this offseason that is playing a part in my thinking, and people are are literally basically calling him a wimp for even thinking about sitting out. This It's amazing. It is amazing. This is why you should never tweet. Obviously, Brinson and I and Wilson will never quit Twitter, but this is the argument for not being on Twitter. No, that's the bottom line is the Twitter part. Because if he weren't on Twitter and didn't have to be exposed to it, he would have much less of an idea of the people out there angry at him for wanting to do what he thinks is the best interest. Um, Josh Doxson was on the list on Thursday. Without looking, can you name the top three Jets wide receivers now that Josh Doxson? I, I actually can. Maybe. Um, one, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, we talked about him last week, I think, as being the longest-serving member. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Denzel Mims. Yeah, he counts. I mean, they drafted him in the second round, but he's a top three wide receiver, I think. And the next one is also a free agent signing. And Perryman. Oh, for Perryman. The Jets are going to be terrible. How no. are the Jets not terrible? How is funny? Not like, far. two weeks ago, it was. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. They did trade Jamal Adams and CJ Mosley opted out. There's the two best defensive players. Well, and that was the thing. So I, three weeks ago, before that trade and CJ Mosley still playing, you could have talked to yourself, hey, the defense is okay. Maybe this yeah. team could go like eight and eight, nine and seven. Now it's blow the thing up. There's no way they're going to be good. Yeah. And none of those. Well, the other thing too is that sort of in the context of suggesting that the Jets could be a sleeper team in the AFC East, part of that was, you, by the way, no one else. Sure. I, I own it. It's fine. I mean, I didn't like it because it, it added that it, I'm happy to get off of it. Okay. <laughs> like, I, like I was a little worried about it because I think the Dolphins can be improved, but I think they could also fall back. The Bills are good. I'm not selling on the Patriots. You know, the, the Adam Gase thing was lingering among that suggestion that the, that the Jets could be good. And that was concerning me. Now it's an easy bail. I, I think with this offseason in particular, didn't you point out, Ryan, the whole, the whole offensive line is, is, is turned, is turned over? I mean, that's a problem. In an offseason where you don't get to practice together for the most part. I mean, that's going to make life difficult to run uh, an offense. We talked about it last week. Let's talk about it again. Um, rank them from best to worst. Jacksonville, Carolina, Washington, New York, Jets. I think Carolina is easily the best team on there. Do you agree, Breach? Yes. Jacksonville, right. Carolina, Washington. Yeah, I would say Here we go. Carolina, Carolina Washington. Jacksonville Jets. <laughs> you are living in a world where Jacksonville is number two. Is that what you said, or, or Washington? Washington. That's who, Washington. All right, here's here's the here's the reason. Their defensive front is sick. They're good. They've got some really talented offensive linemen. They have Terry McLaurin, and I I'm not I'm not. They I'm only not. have Terry McLaurin. Kellen Harmon, your guys hurt. Yeah. R.I.P. But what if Alex Smith is their starting quarterback? He's not. What if Dwayne Haskins takes a leap? Um, I would be more. Dwayne Haskins was better than people gave him credit for last year. Uh, they had nothing. They fired their coach mid season. He had one rookie wide receiver he was throwing to and Adrian Peterson in the backfield. One okay. offensive line. coach said Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready to play. And then the interim coach said Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready to play. That's two different coaching staffs that said Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready to play. I, I think rookie, Dwayne Haskins 
has room for improvement. I don't think last year was a great year for him. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think it was a great year. I'm saying he could take a leap forward in his in his second year. All That's right, so let's rank those same four teams. Rank the quarterbacks. Um, Sam Donald arguably is better than Teddy Bridgewater. I would take. I'm talking. I would, I would if if you're taking quarterbacks in a vacuum. No, on their offense, current offenses. Like who has the best season? Yeah, that's I'll say uh, one Teddy Bridgewater, two Gardner Minshew. That's right. Three. Dwayne Haskins. I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. No, I'll go Darnold three. I'll go Darnold three and four Dwayne Haskins. I, I, no, I, I'll take Dwayne Haskins at number three. I don't think it matters. They're both going to throw for a thousand yards and fifty interceptions. I mean, Darnold's situation is really bad. It ain't great. The good news is they should be better the year after next. But I mean, we'll dance. Would you rather? Would you rather if you're you're Sam Darnold mm. and you have your choice? I'm you out. Your- I opt out. <laughs> they actually. <laughs> Uh, would you rather play for the Washington football team or the New York football team? The Jets, only because I know next year, 2021, you're going to be stacked with draft picks. I don't know what their salary cap situation is off the top of my head, but I'm presuming it's not bad. They don't have anyone on the team. So you think the Jets would be better long? Ah. Half a dozen to one. I mean, they won seven games last year. Clearly, Half a dozen to one is the same. Huh? Six or half dozen. Yeah, what did I say? Half a dozen or one. I just made that up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, that's funny. Classic uh, Wilson. I know, classic Wilson. That's uh, half a dozen or 22. You know, so dope. Say. I can't cope. Oh boy. That's from Gravity Falls. Wilson cut off. Great cartoon. All right. Anyway, so that, that's, that was my takeaway from the, uh, the Thursday list of opt outers that Josh Doxson is the latest Jets, uh, skill position player to say, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, Great. It's not good for the Jets. I mean, it's really hard to envision a situation where they manage to like put together any sort of 500 or better season, honestly. Oh my God. 500. They won seven games last year. Well, I mean, but the hope is in that in Adam Gase's second season with Sam Darnold in his third. I mean, they are setting Sam Darnold's rookie contract like advantage on fire. Uh, you know who else is? Doing that, the other team in New York, I feel like they're hurting after these opt-outs also. You look at the Giants. Nate Solder is the huge – because, look, you're the Giants, right? Your first game is against one of the best defenses in football. You just lost your starting left tackle from last season. Even if he wasn't that good, he's out. You're going to be having a rookie as your other tackle. Andrew Thomas is probably going to be the starting left tackle now. You have a new guy at right tackle. The Steelers are going to just – destroy them and what did daniel jones do every time he got hit last year he fumbled the football he's going to be hit like 50 times uh i think the giants are also in pretty bad shape i will say this and and our buddy jj pointed this out um on thursday so we have 66 total players looks like that opted out do you think we had more or less that have been diagnosed with covid so far since training camp started Mm, the same well, that's a good guess. I'll say less. 56. So only 56. That's, that's a good sign. That's a good start. Now, obviously you can't be Marlins and Card- Cardinals in it up in terms of going forward. You have to sort of do whatever you can to, to not get it, but that's much better than what it could have been. So if you're, you know, worried about the NFL season as, as I think we all are, that seems to be a good sign. Yeah. We talk about percentages all the time. When I saw 56, I thought, you know what? I feel about 75% sure they're going to play an entire season. Because that is a good number to only have 1% or 2% of the entire NFL have tested yeah, positive. Yeah, but I mean, so I, I feel like these guys have probably been fairly isolated. 
are they're coming into training camp, they're testing, you know, like you know you're going to camp, so you don't want to be covered in the Rona going into camp. And if you're an NFL sure. player, it's a little easier to isolate because you, you probably you know, have a little bit more money um, in, in most cases. And, and and then I think it's going to be different once you start traveling and going from city to city. I think that's sort of maybe the concern. Does that make sense? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, what What do we think about the whole opt-out thing in general? I mean, like how – I mean, this has been the weirdest offseason – We've ever covered? Oh, easily. I mean, the only one that would even be even remotely similar was 2011 because there was no off season with the, when the owners were locking out the players. But that's, you know, that's a whole different thing because once people got to training camp, you, there was preseason games. It was back to normal. Now, you know, like we don't even know for sure if week one's going to be played when week one's scheduled to be played. You know, well, there's, and, there's so many and, questions. and with the lockout, you at least knew what to look for and what signs could point you in the direction that football was going to be coming back or football wasn't going to be coming back. And when there was an agreement done, even at the last second, you know, and, and they agreed to do the draft. This is, you just don't know what the hell is happening because you don't know what the hell is happening in real life. Well, yeah. And if you're trying to do something like bet futures, at least a team you don't know a lot about or a mystery team, you don't, they have a lot of new players or new coaching staff. You get to see a couple preseason games just to kind of see, how they gel and what they look like. Like, we don't get that at all. Like, we have no idea what a lot of these teams, like the Panthers, Panthers could be okay. Panthers could be horrible. But we, we are not going to see them play a single time before the season starts. It's insane. Uh, it's, good. it's a great point, Breach. Um, hmm. Okay, so do you think, what other teams were winners and losers in this whole Corona thing? Um, I would say the Patriots obviously are losers because I feel like half their roster opted out. Yeah. I know we've already talked about them a lot, but obviously Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon were the three really big ones because those are three key starters. Like, you take three key starters off any team, that's rough. And <laughs> and no quarterback. Right. They're already down to Tom Brady. They're already down uh, several other guys who left in free agency. So, man, I, I would say the Patriots were probably the biggest losers or the, the, had the roughest opt-out situation. But how many games are going to end up winning? 10. Are you, yeah. are you serious? I'm serious. Okay. So they're you not know, tangentially related. You know who else was a, I mean, not, not necessarily, a, actually, I'll say sort of a loser in the opt out situation. Uh, Cam Newton. Cause Why? if he waited a couple of weeks to sign with the Patriots, he's probably getting more money than he got from the Patriots this year. Cause they have a lot more salary cap room. Like there's no way that he's not getting, you know, two and a half or like, you know, two and a half million dollars guaranteed from when he's like, look, you got $23 million in salary cap space. And you're losing, you're hemorrhaging players. You need a guy like me to help your upside. Well, Absolutely. You think he's upset about that? Like, do you think he's talking to the, the team like, what, what the heck, guys? You, now you have 20 extra million dollars in your back pocket. Why don't you throw some of that my way? I wouldn't be surprised if they said, look, get, get out there, you know, be healthy enough to play starting. Win the starting one. job. Win the starting job. Be healthy enough to, by, by week one and maybe we'll make somebody guaranteed. Like we'll, you know, we'll hook you up. We're not going to, and Cam's really, really rich. He doesn't care. That. I, I also, isn't there a rule that you cannot redo a contract until it, it's gone for a year? That I think might that was a whole situation case. with Tom Brady a couple of years ago. That might be the case, Breach. That's a good question. We should look that up. We should know that and or look it up. By the way, guys, uh, Breach, especially who was just dunking all over Danny Dimes and the Giants. On Thursday's CBS Sports HQ, Danny Cannell was asked about Danny Dimes. I think the future is clearly bright. And Pete Prisco said 
Uh, the kid, you know, it's Pete if it says that. The kid has what it takes to be a long-term successful NFL quarterback. Take that, Breach. Well, let me just say, you are replacing two tackles. You have two new starting tackles to start the season with a quarterback who fumbles, and the first three defenses you're facing are the Steelers, the Bears, and the 49ers. You th- the, that's the Giants' first three games. You think that Daniel Jones could do anything in those three games? Maybe <laughs> one touchdown pass and six interceptions? Briscoe got dunked on in absentia. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, what a big jam. Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up, and away. We should then, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald in week four. So it's not like the Giants have a very uh, easy opening schedule there. We should cut that clip, tweet it out at Pete. Prisco CBS and watch him just get like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, all right, what else? Any other takeaways from the opt out stuff? I would say that I, I thought that it might be more bigger names. I thought we might get hit with some bigger names. No quarterbacks. There was some conversation that it might be a quarterback. There was buzz that Nick falls and then there was some, you know, Matthew Stafford said, or Kelly Stafford, Matthew Stafford's wife posted on Facebook that she had been harassed to get off of a playground, had been gotten dirty what? looks. To get off the playground? Cause, so Stafford was put on the, the COVID list. Right. But being put on the COVID list does not mean you have coronavirus or that you've tested positive for COVID-19. It means that you potentially have been exposed or that, you know, they, they're, you know, or it's but, a false But they don't positive. clarify it. People they don't can clarify it, right? right? It could be a false positive. You could, you have, you could have been near somebody who was, you know, Exposed and so you know, like your nanny came over and then her boyfriend tested positive or what, you know, whatever it is. There's a bunch of different reasons to put you on there. And Kelly Stafford said that when it was announced that Matthew Stafford was on there, she would take her kids to the playground and people were like, what are you doing here? How can you be here? And then would, um, she got dirty looks at the grocery store and said she got, you know, a little bit harassed on social media. I mean, like that's like, hey, people, first of all, be better. Second of all, you know, maybe maybe she's right, and that the NFL needs to potentially do something about how they handle that because, you know, that's you're you are attaching a stigma to somebody by putting them on the list, even though, right? You know, I think we we should at this point realize that it's it's you know not like it's not a big de- I'm not saying it's not a big deal. Obviously, it, it is a big deal, but like if somebody has COVID nineteen, you know, you being in their vicinity. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there, you, you have probably crossed paths with somebody who has COVID-19 and you also have to assume that if somebody's at a, the, the, the playground with their kids that they don't actually, you know, have well, it. right. And you know who these people are. If Matthew Stafford comes out with a, a pause or he's on the COVID list and you know, like, you know who he is in the community. So you know who his kids are, you know, who his wife is, you see him out there and people recognize you and they say, Go home. I think the Matthew Stafford thing actually flew under the radar a little bit because this could totally turn into chaos for the NFL. Cause think if that would have happened the Friday before week one, Matthew Stafford can't play in the opener against the Bears. Then on Monday, they're like, Oh yeah, this was a false positive. You should have been able to play, but you didn't. So well, you know, that, uh, happened in, that happened in baseball. Um, Juan Soto star yeah, baseball yeah, player yeah. for the, for the Nationals. Up, probably their, maybe their best player, their best, their best batter. Uh, got a false positive and he had to miss multiple games in a 60 game season. Like if Matthew Stafford was knocked out for two games because of a false positive, the Lions could miss the playoffs as a result or, or only win one game instead of three. So yeah. I just realized this. The Steelers didn't have any one opt out, which is interesting. And the 
Packers had a wide receiver opt out in Devin Funches. So didn't draft a wide receiver, only signed one as an undrafted free agent. I was like, what do those two things are, have to do? Are you saying they need to go get Antonio Brown? Oh, maybe I am. No, I was Packers. just going to the list of teams, and I noticed that the Steelers didn't. And then uh, of all the players to opt out for the Packers, it just happened to be a wide receiver. I would say one of the interesting names on the list is the Broncos with Juwan James. He's their starting tackle. That's and they a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's one of those names that people might not recognize. But when you're talking about a quarterback who's going to his first full year as a starter, he's losing his starting tackle. They absolutely thought they were going to have on the roster when they were going through free agency in the draft. They don't really have a great per- – they don't have really anyone in line to, that you would just put into that position right away. So I think that's a huge loss for the Broncos. And it's almost enough for you to say, you know, I think a lot of people thought, hey, maybe Denver's a dark horse team to get to the postseason. And that's enough for me to maybe take a step back and say, eh, I, I mean, that that's just a huge loss for Denver. Well, you are uh, right on line with thinking, and you, people can go check this out, by the way, on the uh, on the podcast earlier this week, Jared Dubin, we, he made, we made the case for four teams who could make a leap into the playoffs and then ran through some of the other sleepers we had. And I asked him about the AFC West, and he listed Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders in that order. Um, and his point with the Broncos was, hey, look, like, people are all in on this Broncos offense. I think it's a trendy sleeper, and then they can make, take a big step forward. But we don't know a whole lot about Drew Locke. They're going to be missing one of their tackles. That's a big deal. Garrett Bowles is the other one. He hadn't been very good so far in his career. And all of their, you know, uh, skill position guys, as talented as, they, as, you know, Jerry Judy and uh, who's your boy from Penn State, Debo? Um, yeah, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. I mean, that's a loaded group, but they're all young. I mean, you know what? Cortland Sutton's third year. Yeah, that's right. Fant's second year, and then Judy and Hamler are rookies. I mean, that's you're asking a lot for that offense to come together under a defensive-minded head coach, by the way, uh, in a, in a weird offseason with no ta- no right tackle. I mean, that's a problem. Or is Jawan James left? He's right, right? Air Bowles left. Yeah, I can't remember if they flipped him. Um, so yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Michael Pierce. Yep. The Vikings. Probably the second biggest name in terms of people you've never heard of. Yeah. Just like impact of on the game because they lost Linville. The Vikings lose Linville Joseph. They lose Everson Griffin. And so now you have this case where maybe that interior defensive line isn't as stout as they thought it could be coming in. And the defense takes a big step back and that could, you know, that could cost you the playoff spot. Good news for the Packers. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that, uh, they don't you have know, Devin Punches. They're, they're, they're. <laughs> well, the Bears too. They lost a defensive lineman, uh, Eddie Goldman. So you have Eddie Goldman's a big loss. I'm surprised. That, that, yeah, that's a big heard, loss. I'm surprised we hadn't gotten more texts from. You rather have Eddie Goldman or Nick Foles if one had to opt out? That's I might take, I might take Eddie Goldman. Can Mitchell Trubisky play defensive line? I need to know that before I can answer. Your I mean, question. technically, yes. Just like he can play quarterback. Yeah, I mean, anybody can play. Yeah, anybody can play it. So that's, and to think that the Detroit Lions would be the least hurt, but they had a couple guys opt out too. So I mean, the, the whole NFC North had guys opt out. So I, I and that does change the division a little. And like you just said, Brent's with the Vikings. Like you don't know what you're going to get because the depth obviously isn't as strong when you're losing st- starters. Uh, the NFC North is going to be all over the place. I don't even know who's going to win that division. All right. Um, you know, know what's funny is that, like, I feel like oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that the Chiefs probably lost the most talent, you could argue, losing a guard and a starting running back. Yeah. And no one is – we're just like 
Super Bowl. Like it doesn't even matter because it's the Chiefs. Um, Tre'Davious White is playing is a huge, huge deal. You know what's funny? I'm sort of surprised we haven't heard like, uh, oh, this is Bill Belichick pulling his puppet strings <laughs> if Trey White ends up holding out. But uh, obviously, Trey White answered a statement, explained why, and you you talked about it a second ago. But right, that's a game changer because. I don't know. I ask you every time: Is it still nine, nine and a half for yeah. Bills and Patriots? Yeah, that seems nuts to me, knowing what we know. I mean, I think that if if Tre'Davious White had opted out and the Patriots guys who did opt out hadn't, I might have been back on the Patriots bandwagon. I might, hundred percent. Okay, all right. So that's not crazy to say that. No. Okay. Let's Cam Newton. Let's say Cam Newton's seventy percent chance to be close to what he was. That right. you'll take those. Absolutely. Those odds. Um, okay, so also happening, multiple top prospects, Ryan, bounced out of the NFL or bounced out of college football for 2020 and are going to head to the NFL draft. Uh, we had already heard about uh, who was the wide receiver? Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Yeah, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, who um, is considered a much better prospect than Tyler Johnson and probably a yep. first-round pick, right? First or second round pick, probably, uh, at this stage of the proceedings. This wide receiver class is going to be stacked, so he'll be well, right. You know what? Tell us about the wide receiver class after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tell you what we were saying, Ryan, before I rudely interrupted you, as I do often, but that one was at Debo's behest. Uh, what do you think about this wide receiver class? It could be better than the one we just saw, so that's good news. Um, and Rashad Babin, the, the Minnesota kid you talked about, he has opted out. Um, he might be like the fifth best wide receiver right now. Jamar Chase, LSU, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Justin Ross, the kid from Clemson who, who is not going to play this year because of, of neck concerns. We'll see how his career is going to be, but he is, um, sorry to say, breach better than T Higgins. But anyway, the point is Rashad Bateman. Not a chance. Is, <laughs> is a really good player. Um, a few days before him, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, cornerback, opted out. He is a first round talent and then, most recently, Debo's guy, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, who is virtually, I think, considered as everyone's number one linebacker. He is uh, a dynamo. I think he's going to be a 4-4 guy as, a, as an inside linebacker. Uh, and then Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher out of, out of the U on Thursday, announced that he was also opting out. He was uh, my number one edge rusher. I think he's 6'7". I was first turned on to him about a year ago, actually, by Brady Quinn. He was. Oh, is this the guy that Brady Quinn mentioned on the podcast? Yeah, fifteen and a half sacks last year. Brady texted me last August and said, "Keep an eye, name on, keep an eye on these two guys." One of them was Rousseau. He went to have fifteen and a half sacks. So it's it's sort of interesting that um, another really good edge rusher transferred from Temple to the U to play opposite Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Quincy Roche, 
and now he'll have to do the heavy lifting. But I don't have any issue with any of these kids doing them, uh, opting out. Several of them announced Whoa. that they're doing it for, for health-related reasons. I think Caleb Farley said his mother had passed away. I think that's right. Gregory Rousseau's mom, I think at one point, was a nurse. So she's sort of seen the, the effect that COVID-19 has had on people. Um, and look, if the all the alternative to, to playing a college football season where you're not getting paid, you might get hurt, is to go work out in preparation for your full-time job. Go crazy, man. It's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Like, if I mean, if you're a first-round pick, I don't see why it benefits you in any really form or fashion to come back to play in college. It's funny you say that because last week we talked about Bryce Hall, the, the cornerback, who did come back. And got, got hurt. And went from being a, a likely first or second-round pick to going, I think, in the fifth round to the Jets. The alternate conversation, to your point, Brinson, Nick Bosa said, I'm, I'm done after two games when he hurt his the core muscle injury. And um, he went second overall. He trained. Remember, remember David Anderson for NC State? Yeah, cornerback. Yeah, cornerback. I think he's still in the NFL. But he was considered like a consensus top five pick coming into his final year of college. It didn't work out that way. And, I mean, his first game back, Corderell Patterson annihilated him uh, in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against Tennessee down in Atlanta. And he just had a horrific year, and his draft prospect pl- draft prospects plummeted. Draft stock plummeted. Like one of one of three things can happen when you if you are if you are considered a first round pick when you go back to school for your for one more year. Um, one, you can put on great tape, and you can improve your stock and maybe climb ten to fifteen spots. Or I mean, the the extreme case is Joe Burrow, but the other case is right, right, right. no. But I'm saying no. I'm saying Joe Burrow was not even on the first round radar this Joe, year. Andrew, like Luck, Andrew Luck is an example of a guy who probably did himself a few spots favor by coming back, but that's rare. I think okay, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I yeah, okay, that's fine. But I'm saying you either do that, like I'm saying you're already a first round pick going into yeah. your last year no, college, or you come back and get hurt and really ding your like like Bryce Hall. Which or, feels more like, what's that? Which feels more likely than the other. Or you come back and put up bad tape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, the putting up bad tape or getting hurt is way more likely, I think, than putting up great tape and improving yourself as, as you're already a first round prospect. So Matt I think Barkley that, is a good example of that. Uh, yeah. Matt Barkley is a great example. 2011. He was like projected to be a first round pick, came back for 2012. There's some Matt Miller tweet about that out there, right? Isn't there like the old takes exposed does it for like an anniversary? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Sort of like the downfield pass. I'm gonna find this tweet. Okay, I found it. All you have to do is, I mean, it's like Prisco's Christian Ponder tweet. <laughs> Text. I re- this is February twenty fourth, two thousand thirteen. Text I received from a scout this morning. Matt Barkley will not get past the Arizona Cardinals at number seventeen, number seven overall. When was that sent? February fourth, two thousand thirteen. Oh, a couple months before the draft, so. Right. So- yeah, but I mean, like. He would have gone. He would have gone. He would have been a first round pick if he'd gone out the year before. Right. So, he came. Yeah, he came back. Um. Okay. Any any other thoughts on those college guys, Ryan? No, that's it. Well, we'll see if any more names come out. Um. I'm, I'm curious. Do you think? So these guys are likely first rounders. Do you think that teams will hesitate? I mean, and this is dumb. They hesitate to take Nick Bosa. No. No. They will not hesitate. And, and I mentioned this on HQ. There's a chance that these guys, if there's a senior bowl, have a chance to go there and compete. And the, the combine, obviously, and the, 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 um, the, 
the personal workouts and all that stuff. So there's a chance that we see him again. But I, I also think there's a reasonable case to be made that spending nine months training aggressively for the NFL and the NFL draft will do you, if you already have good tape out there, will do you, you is a better service to you than playing a season of football? Yeah, because number one, you're training in a way that your body isn't having to recover from football games every for 14 weeks of the year during the fall and, and the winter. And one of the big knocks about the the way things are set up now is that when you come in as a rookie, you've been playing football virtually 12, 14 straight months. So at least you'll have a chance to, to presumably be in better shape and, and less likely to burn out. And by the way, the, the Caleb Farley, Micah Parsons, and, and Greg Rousseau are all like considered number one of their position. Yeah. Much like Nick Bosa. So there's no real downside to doing what they're doing, I don't think. I, this is one of those things where, remember, like last year before the season, people were like, should Trevor Lawrence sit out the rest of his college career and avoid injury and bad play and potentially be the number one overall pick anyway? Co- hashtag or like colon my column. Um, you know, like, cause that's what people have to do because we need stuff to talk about. But I think there is a case to be made that more players would do this anyway, except they would get dinged in the draft process as quote unquote quitters. You know what I mean? Like these guys who are like these, as you point out, these guys are number one at their position. They can get away with this scot free because it's a pandemic. No one is going to blame them for bailing on the season. That might not even happen, by the way. Um, so. The number four wide receiver on my board has just announced yeah. on Thursday evening that he is Rondell Moore, Purdue. He's like Tyreek Hill type player. Ooh. He's, he's, he's done as well. He was injured from, and here's the interesting thing. He was injured a lot of last year. So he only played three or four games last year, I believe. I'll see if I can check. Um, and he's not going to play this year. So this, this will be another interesting test case. Um, more so than perhaps the other guys because he was injured. So we haven't really seen him play a lot since 2018. But he is considered top five wide receiver. So th- th- this this off season or this season in terms of draft analysis is going to be super interesting. Yeah. Would you? What do you think your contemporaries in the draft industry, the Daniel <laughs> Jeremiahs, the Matt Millers, yeah, thank you. the uh, Chase Goodbreads, who else? Who else? Might be, oh, the Mel Kuypers. Um, days. The Eric Ed Holmes. Who else am I missing? Don't forget our guy John John Ledyard. Oh, the John, yeah, the whole crew over at the draft. Or Ledyard just covered the, the report now, but right, the the TDN guys too. Anyway, right. what's your question? What do you think? How do you think these guys will handle the evaluation of um, these guys who opt out? What do you mean? I mean that they've just like I, mean, I think all of us have been watching these guys over the summer, which is sort of nice because you're not rushed to do it. Those are five fewer guys I have to watch <laughs> watch uh, a lot of time on going forward. But, I mean, I think the consensus is that these are all first and second round guys. And then the question is, do you forget about them? Because sometimes you do that with players who, who choose not to play or are injured or whatever. But I think this is different because there's going to be a list yeah. of guys that you know about and that you know are, are top players at their position. And these guys, now, I would assume that, if you opt out of the college football season, you are now allowed to go hire an agent, right? And yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but I would assume so. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy about this, who who is an agent, a coach's agent, and he was saying that I think you can talk to agents at the beginning of your final year. Right, so, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, 
So you can hire guys, someone and go out and market you. And, and Exactly. These dudes are going to be dropping Instagram training videos every week. Right. Like, you know, like, you know, you, you hire, these agents will hire marketers. They'll hire train, you know, they'll hire trainers. They'll do all that stuff. They'll front the money ahead of it. So, I mean, I would, I would anticipate that. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of these, like these guys will, they will have people making sure that they don't fall out of mind if there is an actual college football season. And I think we sort of think that there's going to be one at this point. Cross. I mean, you don't know, but here's another thing. One more thing before we go. So these names, all big names in the college ranks, if the, all these guys end up getting drafted relatively high, then the, the conversation is going to turn to why am I playing even when there is no COVID-19 and I'm not getting paid as a college athlete? And we may see players, this may become commonplace even when things quote unquote get back to normal. And, and that is a huge thing. Cause also obviously you have the PAC 12 players, you know, that group who yeah. is saying, Hey, we want some of the revenues. And if they are able to get that, then just if they're able to get anything, you could see players in other conferences do that. And then as you just said, Wilson, this could change the whole complexity of future drafts because it's like, hey, you know what? If I'm going to play in the NFL next year, if I'm one of the top five at my position, why not work out the whole year? Don't risk injury in college football. And then if if that becomes a trend because these guys still get drafted high, you know, then maybe college football's biggest stars, some of them are sitting out their final season going forward. One more thing to cover before we go. Sorry, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, we we got to cover this. What is On this podcast? Are you kidding me? When it looks like someone named Jace Frost. Oh no. Uh, no, there's a headline by Jordan Heck over at the Sporting News that asks, "Did Derek Carr get caught with a burner account?" Twitter's think Raider. Twitter thinks Raiders quarterback is quote Jace Frost. So. At TJF Sports, who's just Tom, I assume is also a sports fan, one would presume, right? Um, uh, uh, party, yeah. Uh, he is a Royals Chiefs and Kansas fan. And he's adopted the Pelicans, also a gamer. Shout out to Tom. Hey, hopefully, maybe this is the podcast. Who knows? Um, he found, presumably, if he's looking for Derek Carr Burners, he might be a podcast fan. Uh, he found this uh, account at Jace. J-A-Y-C-E underscore Frost that has all these tweets where it's like replying to random Derek Carr tweets. So like one dude tweets, Derek Carr going to throw that first pick and Gruden going to go spider Y2 banana and voila, eight is gone right there. And that speaking of Marcus Mariota and it's like, and the Jace Frost replies trolling comma, right? Question mark. And then somebody else tweeted, when Derek Carr loses the job, uh, and then had a picture of Mariota and he's like, haha, you're trolling, right? And he replies to all these, and it's like, he, somebody else was like, call Derek Carr a clown or had a, like a clown gif. It's like, are you trolling or do you not know football? Using a football emoji. Honest question. He's at, he basically he's replying with the same thing over and over again by searching for the phrase Derek Carr on Twitter. Now you might suggest that's just a fan of Derek Carr. But as soon as Tom tweeted that out, it went viral and it's got 2.6K likes. The guy deleted the account. If this isn't a surefire sign that it's a Derek Carr burner account, I don't know what else is. And frankly, if there was ever a quarterback who was going to have a burner account and go full Kevin Durant and search for his name 24-7 and reply to people who were criticizing him without actually tagging him, 
I mean, if we're doing power rankings, who would be, or we're doing a draft for quarterbacks who would do that? Who's your, no, maybe Aaron Rodgers, your number one pick? Derek yeah. Carr's probably two. No, I think Derek Carr would be number one. Cause Aaron Rodgers would just reply with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't care. Yeah. He definitely wouldn't care. But yeah, if you were picking quarterbacks that have burner accounts and search their own name constantly and reply to criticisms from randos on the internet, it's Derek Carr's the number one pick. I'd have to be somebody who's not sure of themselves. Aaron Rodgers is sure of himself. You know, like he's got yeah. that Super Bowl win. He's got MVPs. He's, he's just, he's, he's not going to worry about that. It would be totally be someone. Derek Carr absolutely fits the mold. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think who else would do this. Any other quarterbacks? I feel like Baker Mayfield would just reply. And the thing is, like, I, I don't know if this is a burner account or not, but someone like Jameis Winston would have every reason to be on a burner account trying to defend Jameis Winston more so than Derek Carr, who he's fine. He's a guy. But if this is like, why are you spending your time? If this is in fact Derek Carr, why are you spending hours on in uh, on Twitter defending yourself with it? How many times have burner accounts change people's opinion? I mean, uh, like somebody, some guy named at Kobe Zini tweeted with z- no likes, no reply, no, no retweets and no likes tweeted. Henry Ruggs makes no on the draft on April 23rd. That was the Thursday of the draft. Henry Ruggs makes no sense with check down Derek Carr. And this Jace Frost guy replied, all people that don't watch football emoji. Like what? I mean, if this is really you, why are you doing this? And also this person, whether or not it's Derek Carr, indirectly taking a shot at Ryan Wilson. Somebody tweeted, Marcus Mariota is going to start over Derek Carr. He's trash A anyway. Uh, and guess what Chase Frost replied? He said, LOL at Mariota starting. Carr haters are confused. You guys are confused, Brenton. So we'll see. Jameis apparently, and this Chase Frost guy like jumped in a conversation with David Carr. I wish he'd checked. Did, we, did he check to see who Chase Frost follows? That would have been huge to find that out. Oh. Oh, but he sent a Tom a uh, DM that said, Hey, Tom, wanted to reach out and clear up. I am not a car or anyone associated with him, LOL. It's crazy just how much all that took off. Just a Fresno State fan who loves some random debates on Twitter. I have a lot of car tweets just because people are so passionate against him, but his numbers disagree with some of the narratives, not all. I also have some Paul George and political tweets. Anti-someone guy here. Wanted to write to you because I felt it was the right thing to do to make it clear I'm not a car or associate with them. Have a good rest of your week. Congrats on locking up Mahomes on the big deal. Loved him at Texas Tech and knew he would be solid, but crazy how quick he's developed. And then Chase Frost locked his account, but it is now de- still deleted, I believe. Mm. The plot thickens. All right, well, hopefully we'll have some resolution on this before the season starts. Maybe someone's going to ask Derek Carr in a Zoom call if he knows Chase Frost. <laughs> I need to know, is this... Oh, and then he blocked Tom. Poor Tom. Dang. And he said, hey, also, Jace Frost, he said, ha, come on, Tom. Do you really think an NFL quarterback would have a burner? Question mark. Yes, we do. We do think you would have a burner, Derek. And this Jace Frost guy was in conversations involving David Carr uh, as far back as April 9th, doing some Twitter research right now. Uh, basically, David Carr will tweet out something and say, this is why Derek Carr is good. All his responses would say, no, Derek Carr's trash. And then Jace Frost would come in and defend Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you decide. Uh, okay. So, um, Brinson, this is like your, this is my your, Watergate. 
this is your Watergate. This is what you've been waiting your whole entire life for was for Derek Carr to create a burner account. I'm surprised this burner account hasn't attacked you yet, to be honest. I know. I'm a little upset that he blocked, they deleted the account and locked it up before I could jump in there and do some research. I wish I'd caught on to this uh, days ago, but you know me, I don't like to spend a lot of time on Twitter. I'm too busy uh, hanging out with my family. Uh, coming up on Monday, great mailbag show. I can tell you that there is, and you can see this on YouTube, a koozie controversy. Uh, we uncover the real secrets behind John Breach's mispronunciations. Tyra Mathieu. <laughs> we answer a bunch of questions about draft. We do some trivia. Uh, we find out whose parents had Playboy magazines at their houses. It's a and, very fascinating um, episode. And uh, then we also did something fun at the beginning. What was the thing we did at the beginning? Oh, grocery stores. Oh, we rank grocery stores. It, it, it is everywhere, man. This is like a, it's like an hour and a half show. If you love the pot, if you love the Pick Six podcast, you are going to <laughs> love. Like if you're a big fan of this podcast, you are going to love Monday's show. It's all over the place, baby. The flip side of that is if you hate our tangents, you're you're going to turn this thing off after ten minutes. So, but again, if you don't like our tangents, now you know. Warning. Yeah. Maybe don't dive, Debo. Yo. Where does uh, Monday's episode, which is obviously pre-recorded, rank amongst uh, the tangenty podcast shows we've had? Yeah, I mean, Will, you hinted at an upcoming anniversary. I'd estimate uh, it's, been a near, one year anniversary. it's been a near three. <laughs> hour, should I say our one-year yes, anniversary? Hour. It's, it's a, <laughs> you and I in this together. Um, yeah, in those 359 days... We've probably done just as many amount of episodes. Um, it's in the top five, if not wow. top three, top one. <laughs> now it's, it's also, but like if you put it in the full context of this podcast, it's like bottom five before like Debo showed up and tightened, tightened the screws. All right. Uh, great show guys. As always have a good weekend. If anything happens, we'll be back for an emergency podcast, but don't bank on it. it would require something more than Damien Williams opting out. Monday. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.